in Formula One, you need to be able to adapt. When you need to be aggressive, you need to be aggressive. When you need to be smooth, you need to be smooth. And when I'm in the car, I will never give up. Max Verstappen, how are you feeling about being in the chair? Um, it's quite comfortable, so. Wow, Max Verstappen, the back-to-back champ. He's back in the Drive to Survive hot seat and he's back on the track this weekend when the new season of the Formula One lights up in Bahrain. Last year, the sport was going through some of the biggest changes in its history as the cars were transformed into something quite different to before. There were the, This year, many of us were wondering one thing, can anyone rein in Mad Max and the Red Bull at the head of the snake? And if they can, who is it? that will come out of the pack to do so because we're not qualified to answer that ourselves. We're going straight to the top. One of the stars of Drive to Survive, long-time motorsport journalist and F1 guru, Will Buxton, joins the show again. G'day, Will. How are you doing, mate? I'm grand. How are you doing? Oh, mate, after hearing that wee little sneak peek of what's to come, I am excited. <laughs> there is so many good things to watch on uh, Netflix at the moment. Drive to Survive will be one of the ones I'll be ripping into you, mate. But this time of the year must be all about the anticipation for you. Only days out from racing proper. I know, man. I know. Honestly, this is my favourite time of the entire season because it's like Christmas. You know, you get all these little boxes that you get to unwrap and <laughs> discover what's in them. And and genuinely, that's what we had. And, you know, we only have three days of preseason testing. And, you know, OK, for a lot of people, it's it's like watching Tiger Woods smack a golf ball down the range for 25 hours. But <laughs> for us in motor racing, it's fascinating because... You can't read everything into the headline times. You have to look at the body language of the cars on track and the drivers when they get out of the cars in the paddock to really get a feel for who's looking positive, who's not feeling quite so great. And I think after these three days that we've had of testing, we're we're starting to see a shakeup of, of who's expecting to do well. And I think critically as well, who's expecting to spring a surprise? And I've I, I've got a really great feeling that we might get a shock podium in, in the opening, Ooh. potentially the opening weekend this weekend. Mm. Hey, well, is there a team that has been testing off the scales that we might not have expected but look like they can rattle the cage and find themselves up uh, the grid more often than not? Yeah, absolutely, man. Look, we all know that that Red Bull are going to be the team to beat and they look phenomenal in testing. But we normally look to the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes to come and mix it with, with Red Bull. And it's always those three teams that have our focus. But from everything we've seen in preseason testing, from the maths that we've done on the long runs and all of that, Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso, I genuinely think, could find themselves on the podium on Sunday. And this is this is crazy. They don't have the out-and-out fastest car. I don't think they're going to be mixing it up for pole position, maybe not even the front two rows of the grid. But when you look over the race distances that they did in preseason testing, I reckon they've got the legs on Mercedes and Ferrari. And everyone is staring at them right now and thinking, how have they done it? Are they really that good? And if they are, how the hell are we going to catch them? Because they look like they've really turned a corner. Oh, that is good to see when the flying red car is up there on the podium. There is no better sight in Formula One. But for Max Verstappen, you heard him in that little snippet earlier on, he is comfortable. Will returning for racing this season be even more settled with no shadow of doubt around the way he's won his driver's championship? He's uh, very confident. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, super confident. Listen, so confident he didn't even take part in the final day of testing, right? He left that to Sergio Perez. He was like, I'm done. 
right? I got all I need to know out of this car. I'm fine. I'm just going to swan around the paddock all day and, and literally didn't even touch the car on the final day of testing. Like, like that's confidence. It's a mic drop before the season's even started. Um, yeah, you know. But listen, only one driver in history won his first three world championships in a row, and that was Sebastian Vettel. You know, if Max was to do it this year, he'd be only the second driver ever to do it. It would be something really incredible. Only the the, the very finest few have even won three in a row. We look at, you know, likes of Fangio and Schumacher and, you know, all the greats in the history of the sport that, that have, have managed to achieve it. Senna never did it. Prost never did it. So if Max can win three world championships uh, in a row, it would be something absolutely spectacular. But I think right now he's got the car underneath him, certainly to start the season as the favourite. Yeah, you'll probably do another next uh, Netflix movie. Uh, Will if that happens, with well, gets, a, gets a, <laughs> the trilogy. Um, what about Mercedes? They figured out these new cars yet, and can they actually be a contender? Well, here's the interesting thing, right? So you mentioned in the lead up to this that last year there was this huge regulation change in the sport, where where basically they ripped up everything that had gone before in terms of how the cars were designed to have these very new regulations and at the same time bring in financial restrictions on the teams and also uh, a restriction in the amount of testing they were allowed to do back at base in the wind tunnels and on their computers to try and figure out where they might have gone wrong or where they could improve with the design of the car. So ultimately, if you won the world championship, you have the least amount of time to develop your car. If you're bottom in the world championship, you have the most amount of time to develop your car. So what we saw in preseason testing with the top teams, Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes, with really kind of expected developments because that's all they could do given the time and we saw the lower teams that finished further down the championship taking huge gambles putting massive developments on their cars and really trying exciting things and it looks like it's, it's worked out for aston martin for mercedes they've had to stick with what was a very complicated car that didn't really work last year because they don't have the time or the resource to just chuck it all in the bin and start again so They've got to make it work. They're, they're more on top of it than they were last year. Are they on top of it enough to take the fight to Red Bull? Listen, this is why this time of the year is so exciting for me, because we don't know. And we're only going to know this weekend when, you know, they say the uh, when the flag drops, the, uh, the BS stops. And, uh, and so, so that's, uh, that's what we're all looking forward to. Well, we're looking forward to this name. Where's Lewis Hamilton at? Because it seems mad to think of him going around participating rather than hunting. Is the hunger still there? Oh, yeah. Yes, and if the hunger wasn't there, Lewis would be off doing something else. You know, For as long mm. as Lewis Hamilton's turning up, you know that hunger is there. He's one of the greatest sportsmen in the world. Um, and that motivation, I think, is as strong as it's ever been. You saw it last year, even with a car that wasn't competitive. Lewis took the brunt of the responsibility for developing that car, for getting it through its difficult phase, to get it to a place where his teammate was able to win a Grand Prix. And and he did all of that work for his teammate to be able to sort of reap those rewards in the latter part of the season. Lewis is committed. You know, he's rejuvenated. He's refreshed. And if there is a car underneath him that's capable of fighting for it, you know he's going to be there and he's going to be pushing Max Verstappen every single lap of the way. And talking about another couple, uh, well, what about uh, Christian and Toto? Are they still at war? Ah, oh, they're busy mates, you know, spend Christmas together. <laughs> Listen, those two, those two are like, they're so similar to each other that they just, 
end up hating each other you know it's it's the it's the old they're not that dissimilar really you know they they were both former racers you know they both ended up now as team principals they both have these huge responsibilities on their shoulders very different management styles but I don't think deep down they're really all that all that dissimilar. They just want to they just want to win. You know, that's it. That's that's all they live for is is winning. And now, as you can see, beating each other. It makes good TV. That's why people want to go watch Drive to Survive <laughs> to see those two yeah. hot dogs running around at, at war with each other. It's so good to watch. And last year there were so many moving parts to capture. What what's the feedback been from season five to Drive to Survive so far? So from what I've heard from Box to Box and the guys that, that make the series, it's doing really, really well. The numbers appear to be great. I think it went in at number four in the US, which is the highest um, and the best start it's ever had over, over in the United States. So that's really, really positive. And listen, you know, it's, it's amazing because after four seasons, you might expect it to drop off and people's attention to wane. But from what I'm hearing, it's, it's doing really, really well, which is, is fantastic because I know the amount of work that goes into it from, from the team behind it. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it. And I just sit down and, and answer some questions, which is weird for me because I'm normally the one asking the questions. So, um, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> lovely, you know, and to be able to bring this sport to an even larger part of, of the global sports fan base is it, it's such a delight just to have people talking about Formula One again. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's fantastic what it's done for the sport, how it's growing it, getting people of all ages from all nations interested in it and, and really showing you know, who these racing drivers are behind the scenes, getting, you know, underneath the the visor, getting inside their, their minds is yeah, what it's done is fantastic. And I think also when you look at sports documentaries, you know, you said there's so many things on Netflix now to watch, mm. you know, there's the tennis documentary, there's the, uh, oh. there's the golf documentary, there's, there's so many. And it's really fascinating how now people don't say, oh, we really need a sports documentary. They say, we need a drive to survive. It's completely yeah. changed the game in, in, in how we look at, at representing a sport and bringing it to the masses. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think you've been the, the benchmark for, for creating this openness from other industries and sports to be able to allow cameras inside their closed doors. You've got full swing. You've got the tennis. You've got the full, uh, quarterbacks over in the NFL that are currently open up. Does that make you proud for, for a Formula One journalist that has been, been a big part of the sport? that you've set the benchmark to allow these other teams to to be open about it. Like, you've changed the game, really. I can't take any responsibility for that. That's all <laughs> on the guys at Box to Box. They're a fantastic, really a fantastic team. And, you know, these are the guys who, if you've, if you've seen the, the Ayrton Senna documentary, the movie that came out a few mm. years ago, yep. and then uh, the one that followed about Amy Winehouse, um, mm. these are the, the guys behind those movies. You know, they know how to tell compelling stories that get people, um, you know, really into the heart and soul of what drives these people and what makes them so special. And I'm just... Honestly, just honoured that they even asked me to come in and answer a few questions and and to be a part of it is is something I never thought that, that I would uh, I'd get to do. So to be a part of this this global phenomenon is, guys, it's crazy. Come on, like it's mad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it is crazy. Well, and you should take some accolade there. Just thought, just quietly that Amy Winehouse um, documentary was fantastic too. That that was put together. Yeah. Uh, we got a, we got a question here from one of our uh, listeners. Uh, well, morning lads, can you please ask? Well, who's the who is the newest driver that is standing out so far? That's from Richie. 
uh, out of the rookies who's come in, uh, you know, look, we've got three rookies this season. Uh, we've got Logan Sargent from America, we've got Oscar Piastri uh, from Australia, uh, and we've got Nick DeVries, uh, who made his debut last year for Williams just on a one-off. So this is his first full-time season. I think all three of them are going to have tricky years because mm-hmm. they're going to find themselves in teams that are, certainly from what we've seen in preseason testing, maybe the slowest three teams in the sport. Um, so that, in a way, is a good thing because it alleviates the pressure on them. Um, you know, it doesn't put them straight up at the, at the, at the top and fighting for, for, for podiums and wins. But at the same time, it, you know, we don't get to see a true appreciation of, of how good they are and, and what they can bring. But uh, in terms of their immediate impact, I think Nick DeVries has had a, a, a very big impact at uh, his Alpha Tauri team, which is the Red Bull Junior team, uh, with guys there saying he's already kicking our butts and he's, you know, he's telling us we need to change this, we need to change that, we need to do this differently. Like he's come in and he's he's immediately put himself in there as the boss. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how all of them do, and they're great kids, super talented. Mm. So just ex- excited to see what they can do. Yeah, t- uh, youth brings excitement and entertainment. I'm looking forward to watching it unfold later this year, mate. Appreciate it. Just quickly before we let you go, Will, what other sports are you into? Everyone just looks at you as the Formula One man, the madman, Will Buxton, Formula One. Are you into <laughs> other things? Uh, I, I, I could tell you that I, I love football, but I support Reading, who aren't very good. So people will tell you I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> and I usually end up bottom of my mates' uh, fantasy Premier League teams and all that. Uh, but um, but I, I love, listen, I love my winter sports. Um, I, I adore my winter sports. Um, so essentially anything that's against a stopwatch, be it on mm. wheels or on snow, uh, I, I absolutely adore that. Um, love a little bit of cricket. Not loving losing by one run, but we won't go into that. Oh, I was just going to bring that up, mate. We're, we're nah, all flying you really here this you morning. What do you f- we don't have to bring that up. What do you feel fine. about that, mate? To, we don't have you to, disappointed? No, we don't have to do that. No, it's all right. I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. We don't Come have on, to Brenda, Brenda McCullum. He'll be deflated <laughs> today when he arrives in Queensland. I can't wait to rip into him, mate. But uh, we appreciate you, Will Buxton, and just talking pleasure. Formula One, you uh, the, the voice on the show that is Drive to Survive. I look forward to watching it and seeing what unfolds this year, mate. Thank you so much for your time. You take care, Will. You take care too, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, Will Buxton, absolute champion. If you haven't watched Drive to Survive, go and have a binge over the weekend. Watch all the seasons and well, Drive to Survive 5. Is it out now, Louis? It's out now. It is out now. I've I've watched what the first episode and um yep. yeah, it's it's just hilarious. Like the they the access they get and you kind of wonder if the athletes and maybe the team bosses turn it on sometimes for the cameras, but it, who to. cares? It's it is it's like a mix between sports documentary and reality TV. And Will, just quietly, isn't he one of the world's best blokes? God, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he, just, he he clearly loves his sport as well. Very nice guy, and like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I've just finished Full Swing, so, and that's what I love now. Like they've they've laid the the foundations now for other sports to follow suit. So knowing what it's done for the brand, you know, they would have amassed thousands, millions of, of Formula One fans just from watching it. My wife turned into Formula One fan. She knew nothing about it. You'd think on the outside looking in, oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton, he looks like a sport brat. 
but my wife absolutely loved them when she watched the show. So it's great. It's great for, for novices to go along and just start enjoying the sport and get an understanding of how much money's involved, what's going on behind the scenes, and these drivers, what they put their bodies through in their minds. That 300 clicks going into a corner and just driving around it with ease, man, they make it look good. So I, I love it. I hope others... Well, there's another sport, lads. Like all the sports following suits. What, what would the would the sport be for a Netflix series? The next one, horse racing. Yep, racing out horse of racing. out of yeah. Kempe could not agree more. Imagine having like going into the, the gap and just hearing that you would. <laughs> it would be such good. It would be such good TV. Time now to talk cricket. Yesterday we witnessed a match made in heaven throughout the previous four days. The Black Caps looked destined to suffer another defeat against England. Then came Wags, Southey and Henry to put on a dis- bowling display that lifted us out of despair into a feeling of uncontrollable ecstasy. Oh, Macca, Craig McMillan's been waiting for that moment. Yes, just for the fourth time in history, a team asked to follow on, managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. The one-run win is also only the second recorded in Test match history. One of the stars of the show, a natted but no doubt proud Matt Henry, is on the line with us this morning to reflect on that miraculous win. Morning, Matt. How you doing? Morning, guys. Very well, thanks. Oh, I'm just trying to wire up here because you recently become a dad and I'm thinking, wow, he'll be up nice and early, but is it a dusty early morning start? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an exciting morning start, um, but yeah, no, to, to wake up after yesterday, uh, no, it's still, still pinch yourself. Mate, one of the performances that will go down in history, fourth team ever to come back from a follow-on and, and produce a win, mate. How, how's the feeling being in camp? What was last night like, mate? Yeah, mate, it was um, yeah pretty special. I think um, this group was kind of we, we believed obviously we could get it done, and we knew that it was going to have to be a, a strong start in the morning. Um, and then I think that just the ebbs and flows of the, the game itself to kind of showed all on day five as well. Then Joe Root and Ben Stokes kind of came together and um, I, I suppose we, we still had to dig deep and just hope that we could get that breakthrough. And then obviously Wags was just um, brilliant um, to, to crack it, to crack an end open like he did. And then we could all kind of just pounce on that. It was um, Yeah, no, it makes it pretty special. Yeah, the anticipation, Matt, was, oh, mate, watching it was really exciting. Um, it started off well for you guys, day five, having 80 for five, but Ben Stokes and Joe Root showed some res- uh, resistance. What was the conversation amongst the team to break that partnership? I think we just knew that we uh, we, we had to just keep making sure, because runs were still important, that we were, we were kind of still just being patient, trying to actually create some pressure, because we knew we were only one wicket away Um for something funny to happen as well. I mean, on day five like that, it doesn't really, even if there's not many runs on the board, pressure and, and, and for us to be able to just, I suppose, attack um, was, was always in the back of our minds. So we just knew that we just had to stay in it and, and take it as deep as we could to then put some pressure on and um, 
I mean, the way it unfolded, it was where just those two quick wickets we could really strike from there. And, um, nah, it was just, yeah, unbelievable. Heading to the final day, you thought, okay, the pitch will break up. You know, Michael Bracewell's going to have to bowl for long periods of time. Someone else is going to have to come in and, and forge a wee partnership there with Bracewell. But the seamers, mate, they got they got the, the treats and the chocolates in the end. They put the whole lot of pressure. Were you expecting that, the seamers, to have so much success in the final day? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we did. Um, that, it was a really good base and wicket. And with so much, um, I suppose, moisture around on the first couple of days, um, we knew that there could be potentially just a little bit of that up and down towards the end. So just trying to get a little bit of extra bounce and a couple kind of pop through. So I think from our point of view, we always kind of thought we were going to be a threat. The the key was of how do we actually get do that for long enough to create that pressure and, and obviously going a bit different. We've got Tommy Blum, who I thought was unreal, um, keeping up to the stumps all day. And oh, so good. I mean, that kept, kept them in the crease and um, just apply pressure, in a, in a, I suppose, in a different way. Hey, Matt, congratulations uh, to you and your partner, Holly, too, welcoming your daughter into the world during the first test. But how how good a feeling was it for you to be able to go back in there and bolster our, our uh, bowling lineup? Yeah, oh, mate, it's been obviously an amazing couple of weeks for me, really. Um, <laughs> to be able to obviously have my, my first first child and um, Annabelle and, and then come join, play test cricket, doesn't get much better than that. And then to top it off, to have a one-run run, one-run win. So, um yeah, no, mate, it, it's, it's been awesome, eh? And, and to, to kind of come back into the group, been involved for a long time now, and um, I was was really looking forward to actually um, having an impact, and, and it was good to be able to get out there and, and get the job done. Mate, five days, five sleep-ins, mate. That's what you'll be loving, to be in camp. You get a little bit of a rest, and you can shy away from changing those nappies, mate. You've got a long three years ahead of you, Matt, so don't get too comfortable, <laughs> brother. But just quickly, we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to talk about the the kind of relationship between England and, and and the Black Cats. We've seen footage of the two sides kicking a football around together after the result. It seems like there's a real sense of respect there. How was it talking to Baz and the rest of the England guys afterwards? Yeah, I, I mean, we play a lot of cricket with um, with England now, and, and especially with, I suppose, franchise cricket and, and county cricket as well. You spend a lot of time in the dressing room with a lot of the guys. So um, over the years, we've obviously a lot of friendships there and and then obviously with the, the New Zealand ties we have as well it's always good to suppose it's, it's always a real fight and battle out there and we've had some some great games over the last few years um, so very competitive but when you come off the field it's always good to I suppose catch up and um, yeah and, and just yeah Mate, well, you've been through some some tough times as as a test team. You know, you've you've had your, your disappointments over the last time, but your biggest learnings come from from winning and, and going through those tough times as well. What are the biggest takeaways from this series that you you'll take away as a team that you can look to the future and go, oh, I could build some confidence from that. Yeah, I, I think for us, I think we we had that belief that we knew that what we had to do was was good enough, and and I think. Regardless of the outcome, actually, just knowing that we were just incrementally getting a little bit better each day, and I think it showed in this match here, getting a force to follow on. That was a really tough period of bowling that Tom and Dev got through, but for them to trust their game and probably still bowl with friendly conditions at that point, um, I suppose just shows the class that um, we do have in this team, and that we just kept itching forward in the right direction, and, and the results will come our way. Especially, I think the style that we play, and in terms of that not giving up on that fighting nature is, 
playing as Kiwis, like we, like we, we talk about, I think that holds us in good stead. So as, as long as we just keep growing, and I think this test match, I suppose, just highlighted all of those things. Where you're never out of the match, and if you keep fighting, you never know what, what can really happen. And um, Yeah, and I suppose to take a game to day five like that, I think um, it stills a lot of belief that we're, we're doing the right thing. I think a lot of sports will be creating their own hype reel on that, Matt, because you were down and out. and You've been knocked out in the last round of, of a boxing match. You got up off the canvas and um, took that one and knocked the knocked the palms out. You got Sri Lanka up next, getting underway a week from mm. tomorrow. Um, how do you think about that? And have you guys learnt anything that you'll take into that series? Yeah, I mean, um, once again, we'll go we'll go back down to Christchurch. And it's a familiar ground for us, and and, and mm. I, I think we'll be looking forward to, to rejoining. And just like I talked about then, just just keep etching forward and. In our style of play and keep trusting our game plans and just keep no board, I suppose, in that direction. And I think um, that, that will hold us in good stead. So it'll, it'll be a good series. And we're looking forward to playing Sri Lanka. I think they arrived uh, yesterday or the day before. So um, it'll be a good contest and, and something we'll definitely be up for. Well, mate, you go, you go relax and you go put your feet up because uh, we don't want you to go hurt that back, mate. What's, what's we update? Where's your back at? You, you right? You all good? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Just went into a bit of a spasm, which wasn't ideal. Um, but, uh, yeah, walking a bit funny today, but hopefully a couple of days it'll settle down. Have you got any, hey, Matt, just before you, quickly before you go, have you got any tips for us? He's got four days of golf coming up and he's obviously going to have a few back spasms of his own, mate. Have you got a couple of tips? A couple of dips. Stay loose, mate. Stay loose. Oh, he's yeah. that. Don't sit down for too long. Uh, stay lo- I actually had a hit with, with Matt when he was down here at, at Millbrook a few while back. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go around and we'll have a wee haggle. Plenty of golf coming up for you, mate. No, actually, you won't. You'll Sounds be at home with, with we Adabelle. So, hey, all the best, mate. Thanks so much. And well done on yesterday's performance. Like, honestly, everyone was writing you off, and I'll have to be completely honest, I thought, mate, this will be over by lunchtime or just after, but you proved me wrong and you proved plenty <laughs> wrong and uh, we, we appreciate it, mate. Honestly, outstanding result. Well done to you and the team. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. The Oaks can't be far away, which makes today's race all too crucial for that outlook of that classic. Bevan Sweeney is Central Districts Racing. You can see his great work on Trackside later on today. Morning, Sweeney. How are you this morning? Very good, uh, boys. Uh, a very good morning to you. You're looking forward to the Lowland, which of course leads into the Oaks. And yeah, you mentioned the Derby Saturday. Can't wait uh, for Sharp and Smart to show his wares. But yeah, the tracks come up okay this morning on the soft, uh, soft five condition, which is probably a bit deceiving. It'll be a nice track this afternoon and a very even a lot of three-year-old fillies go to the post. Sweets, talk to us a little bit about the Lowland Stakes and why this race is so good and why we love it. Well, it's the traditional lead-up to the Oaks. So, Kempi, it's been in play for a long, long period of time. Different this year with what happened in the Bay. Of course, they run it at Awapuni, but we've seen some wonderful, wonderful fillies come out of this particular race. Uh, Jennifer uh, Eccles, in recent times, she went from this down to the Derby, and she was dominant uh, in that particular event. So, it's the traditional lead-up. Has changed a little bit recently with the lead-up in the North, but, uh, look, most of the winners, I'd say 90% of the winners that win the Oaks come out of the Lowlands, so it's the one to keep your eye on. What have you got What have you got for today for the Lowlands? <laughs> There's a good field, good card. Uh, who's your money going towards here, Sweens? Well, Izzy, it's pretty even this year. Uh, it's probably a Lowland that doesn't have a standout in it. Uh, I'm going to mm. be plumping for a seedy horse in Penny Wicker. 
Uh, trained by Jimmy Wallace, he's a legend, Jimmy. He's had some wonderful horses like sent home. He knows how to get the right one across the line. And just like this horse's preparation into today, it was a lovely performance last start when running uh, second behind Mazzolino. I think it's at the right spot to be winning. The only nigga with that horse is whether it'll handle the uh, firm track conditions or better track conditions today. But I'm, I'm willing to trust in Jimmy Wallace. Uh, family ties for Tiakao, they're dominant in a lot of these races and this horse was very good uh, winning the Oaks Prelude at New Plymouth. Little Pop who's got Opie Boston aboard, there's some pretty positive factors uh, in that sort of theme. Uh, she was really good at uh, New Plymouth and expecting her to run a race. And the other one is Sky Dancer, now there's a lot of talk about this particular horse. It was unlucky in behind family ties last time. It's at $9, lads, and maybe it's a one-hit wonder at Trentham on the big open track there because it's a big filly who's got a bit of scope about her. She's got clear air today. I could see her being right in the mix. But if I can label one, it would be Penny Wicker at a little bit of H-Way Valley. Mm. Oh, yeah. Poony, um Sweens, it's been a while since I've been back there. What do punters need to know about the course and, and um, that part of the world? Mm-hmm. Well, last time we were there, I thought the track raced really, really well. They'd had some issues, uh, Kempe, with the, the state of their track condition. Uh, but that seems to have come right. We've had uh, a few days of drying. The, the one issue there, they run the long corner, then they can make ground from back. If they run the short corner, then they can have a little bit of trouble getting uh, into it. So just watch early on in the program how they're making ground today. Uh, Sky Dance is one of those sort of horses in uh, the lowland that if uh, they're making ground from bet, you can probably be a little bit more confident. But it's a nice course, uh, Kempe, and they've put the artificial on there. They've spent a bit of money uh, on the true uh, course. So hopefully rethink's 100% there this afternoon. And look, the track conditions should improve throughout the day because I can tell you in this part of the world, it is a stunner. I, I don't know if you're driving an Aston Martin there, Sweens, but you are the the mailman, <laughs> the mailman when it comes to the central districts. And I've got a very important question around We Will Rock and She's a Catch in race three. I was pretty keen on We Will Rock, fresh with those trials. Uh, I, I, rate, I rate the horse. I think he's going to go on and, and be a proper open-class horse. She's a Catch, taking mm. money with... Opie Bosson, same colours, same barn. Am I on the wrong horse, or what can you tell me? Oh, it's a niggle. It's such a niggle, mate. <laughs> um, I put a text into Guy Larry, haven't had a reply. I'm with Don't you. Die. Put up on the website. <laughs> we, we Will Rock was uh, my best bet on the programme. Then you see the money coming for She's a Catch. So, yeah, it's, oh, I'm with you. This horse is very, very talented. Uh, we Will Rock, but when the money comes to the other one, you just got to sort of wonder whether he's really there to win today and whether there's a, a target further afield. But, look, he's had a really good troll coming in where he beat Tom Ficking, who went down and won in the South Island with uh, a caravan on his back. So, look, he can't be going uh, overly poorly. So, look, I'd, look, I'll be back and we will rock. She's a cat. She's broken my heart too many times, to be honest. I've been on, on, beaten, beaten. So, look, I'll, I'll go with we will rock. But I think it's a couple of nice bets here, Leo. Uh, you've mentioned one on the programme this morning, Colorado Silver. Put him away in a couple of big hops at Talhut and Nikkeo, and I think a really big chance uh, on the programme. And there's another one for Tiakio that I'm interested in. Fukatero in race number five. This will smash them at uh, Taupo. Missed second up, been put aside. We're running the Cobb Grace Colours. Uh, I see there's money for that as well. So I'm with you on Colorado Silver. It's a really good bet on the day. 
It is time for Izzy and Kempi's NRL draft. We did this with NPC teams. We had a blast. Izzy owes Kempi a lunch, and it's double, double or nothing for Uncle uh, because we're running it back, but we thought we weren't going to involve you this year. You are going to split yourselves up, seven on each side with Izzy and Kempi. Everybody drafts one NRL team, and it's head-to-head, team versus team, Side with the most regular season points wins, and there will be a prize. Don't worry about that. Everybody on the winning team will have a prize. You're in the hands of your peers, and you're in your hands of your captains, Israel Dag and Tony Kemp. Lads, how are the nerves? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Well, feeling I'm, confident. Yeah, and, I'm uh, feeling hungry. Just so. don't, yeah, just goes okay. down to the, to, the, to the coin toss, really, so don't rig it, please, Louis. Uh, I'm not going to rig it. I've got a digital coin toss right here. And, uh, Kempi, you as the, uh, well, the resident leaguey, you can call. Uh, heads. Heads it is. Rigged. Absolutely <laughs> rigged. <laughs> Mate, it was, it was on heads. I don't trust that digital stuff. I'll tell Get you what coin. I'm going to do. I'll Get tell you coin. what I'm going to do. Just to make Get a croak. Because I'm, I'm broke. I'm the, actually the one in front. I'm actually going to give Izzy first pick. Oh, Ooh, wow. Are you? The generosity. Is, I just don't want no excuses. That is, okay. That is generous. Well, um, you, you've, got, you've got Mark there. If we Boys, if we can patch Mark through, that is number one pick for uh, Izzy at Team Izzy. So we'll patch Mark through. And Izzy, you can take it, take it off. Oh, underway, mate. On you. So do I pick my team or you want Mark to pick it? Oh, you, sorry, you, you go first. You get the first pick, and then it's on your okay. mark. Yeah, I get the f- first pick, um, and I think this team was looking outstanding in the preseason. And like you said, Kempe, and it's the first name that I collated on my list. If this man is, is fit, they'll go a long way to push into the final. So I'm going to go for the Seagulls, Manly. Okay. That is number that is, one pick, Manly Seagulls. Love that. And Kimpy with the return pick, who do you take? Uh, I am going to take Souths. Wow. Souths. There's some big names <laughs> left on the board early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some big names left on the board early, but the Souths uh, uh my second team. But that's okay. So we're going to go to Mark from Christchurch, and he's going to give me his next pick. Morning, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, good as he. Hey, uh, well, All right. Thanks, hey, hey, Mark. I'm going to have to back against my own team. What? Oh, mate. Hello. Uh, just, just quickly. Have you ever, Hello, have mate. you ever been out, out on a ranch, mate? Have you ever been out, you know, just slinging cows around the around the ranch? Or <laughs> you want me to take the cowboys? And, uh... No, no, no. I was just asking, <laughs> man. No, no. You, you, you got a team in your mind. You pick whoever you want, mate. Who you got? Who you got? God, I have to go for my my worst team, the, the team I dislike the most, but um, the Roosters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good pick, Sydney Sydney Roosters. Oh, I think so. The cheese man is back. Joe Manu, how good! Thank you, Mark. So we've got the Roosters for my my picks. Manly and the Roosters. Kimpy, Sean. I got Sean up next, picking for me. Hey, Shawnee, how you going, mate? Yeah, good thanks, Kempe. Mate, um, Mark just Mark just took my pick. Okay. Um, well, you know, there's yeah. lots of slimy critters in the creek, and there's you know, <laughs> some, 
some six shooters up there, and don't forget those tall man mountain down the bottom of the Blue Mountains. They go all right too. Yeah, mate. Yeah, let's um, let's lock in the eels, eh, Kimpy? Okay, we'll in. What a choice! Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Sean. Yes, yeah, slippery critters down there in the creeks. I love that, Gimpy. Great, great little lead in there. All right, we're going to go to Cam from Blenheim. Morning, Cam. How you doing? Good, thanks, fellas. How we doing? Oh, you're good, mate. You're good. Uh, pretty horrible weather around at the moment. Lots of cyclones, a bit of thunder, a bit of, bit of storm. You know, storms are brewing. Yeah, which is not too bad in Blenheim, mate. <laughs> no storm there? Nah, I'm not too worried about the storm, but my heart's telling me the was, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Yes, okay, beautiful. You're a ranch slinger. I love it. Love it, Cam. Appreciate it, mate. You, you with Team Izzy. That's the, yeah, we're confident, mate. We're confident. Well done. Ken Pete? Yeah, I'm up with Troy, and I've got a real good funny, oh, funny feeling that Troy's sick of that weather too, that stormy weather. So let's have a look at what he's got. Going, lads. Yeah, definitely punching with the brain on the front, so storm it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <nice. laughs> love it. Oh, love it. The storm. Beautiful. All right. Let's go to uh, Aaron. Aaron Leopard, how you going, mate? You're good, boys, yourself? Awesome. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm about to go ride a horse soon. You ever, have you ever ridden a Bronco? No, I've never ridden a Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, mate. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, As? What who are you going for, bud? Uh, it's got to go. It's got to be hard to go past those Panthers, mate. Oh, oh how yeah. did they sl- drop to here? Yeah, I know, mate. That is great from from you, Aaron. That is great. You know what? They slipped my mind. I don't know why. What a mug. But well done. That's why I've I've employed you, Aaron. So thank you very much, Kempe. Oh, good picks, too. This is going to be an absolute... I'll tell you what I've got to do. I've got to go for a surf, but I'm a bit worried about them great whites out there. That's Brenton. (laughs) He's up next. Hey, Brenton, what do you got? Hey, mate. Damn, the guy took my team. That's all right. That's okay. I'm going to... Yeah, I was I was looking at the sharks too, mate. I think they'll be, I think they'll be next in line, over <laughs> the ones that are left. Nice, we'll take that one, Brenton. He's got the sharks. There's our top eight, boys. That's our top eight: Manly, Souths, Roosters, Eels, Cowboys, Storm, Panthers, Sharks. There's your final eight, which is pretty close to it. Still some picks on the board, though, is he? Mm. Yes, there is. John from Christchurch, he's starting through, mate. Get your patch on, John. Where are we going, mate? What are you thinking? Yeah, well, I think the best upset team in the competition, mate. We've got to go the Raiders. Yes, the Raiders. We're going to be raiding Kempe left, right and centre. Oh, I love it, mate. I love oh, it. The Raiders are a dark horse spoon. every year. Yep. No, you can have that. There you go. No, they're not, Kempe. <laughs> Here we are. Stay out of it. Leave it, leave it out. Pac-Man, Pac-Man. I like how John, he eats it all up. Oh, Pac-Man, he's going to come through with us. What you got, Pac-Man? You have a good... Cho- you have Mate, a- I love those horses. Go the Broncos. They, they're the ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go the Broncos. Oh, Pac-Man. Well done. Well done. You got the Broncos in your team. Thank you, Pac-Man. You have a good day, mate. Good luck. Oh, my good friend. He knows what team to be a part of. Lammy from Palmerston North. Lammy. 
you going, brother? I'll just tell you what. Can you... You ain't going swimming in the ocean with any dolphins. Don't even go there. So what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I just, uh, I've just i been busy working and I haven't been listening to you guys. So sorry. So teach me what teams are left. Oh, no, hang on. Oh, uh, Sharkies? There's Bulldogs, oh. Titans. Sharks are gone. Bulldogs, Titans, Warriors, Knights. Tigers, Dragons. And West Tigers, Dragons. Oh, don't go puff the magic dragon too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what, brothers? I'm going to go for my... Go and go for the Warriors, brother. Sweet ass. I'll go for the faithful. Yeah. Good man, There Lemmy. you go. Faithful. There you go. Oh, I like that. I like that. There was, other, there was one other team that I was thinking maybe them or the Warriors. So, thank you, Lammy. Appreciate your call. Good luck, no mate. Worries, brother. Appreciate it. There it is. <laughs> Have a good day. How oh, good, Louis? How good. Yeah. yeah, it is. We're going good, boys. We've got Izzy's got one more pick to make, and Kempy's got two, and it looks like we've got Mike on the line for you, Kempy. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good, Kempy. How are you, bro? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been. Hope you've been listening. You know, it, uh, yeah. I, I didn't really like um, Game of Thrones. I thought they were pretty average, and I'm just hoping that there's no dolphins out there today either when I'm surfing. So, who you got? Uh, sorry, mate. I haven't been listening. Who's left? Uh, Who did, we got? Well, we've got the Bulldogs. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, that's a good one. Tigers, Knights, Dragons and Dolphins. And the Titans. Oh, let's go the doggies, eh? Yes. <laughs> yes. You go those doggies, mate. They'll be barking straight <laughs> to the vet. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, All right, a close one, Look, whoever's it? coming on my team, whoever's coming on my team, have you ever been to Surface Paradise? Such a spot. It is <laughs> such a spot, mate. Honestly, if you're a surfer and you want to turn yourself into a titan, that's where you go. So, you know what, Louie, I'm going to pick my own Gold Coast Titans. Whoa, 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 <laughs> um, the only one that screams out to me are the dragon. Yeah, you can have that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no honestly, you do not want to go in the cave with the dragon. Oh, don't, don't make the eight. Have you come on? Have you come on to ruin me, Brad? I see what's happening here. You pa- I've, oh, I've, no, I've, I've wound you up honest. all year and you've come on to ruin me. <laughs> that was no, brilliant. No, no. All right, I, I trust you. I trust you. Dragons, nah, go off your heart. Dragons, I'll take it. There you go, Louis. Okay, thank you, Brad. Okay, boys, This is we're going to have to park this for now. Uh, well, thank you, everybody. Mark, Cam, Aaron, John, Lammy, Brad, Kim, uh, Sean, Troy, Brenton, Pac-Man, Mike. Uh, we've got a couple of teams to go, but we're just running out of time. We're going to finish it. We're going to tidy it up at 20 to 9 tomorrow morning. And uh, after this, we'll catch up with Smithy. Thank you, everybody. This is going great. And we'll let you know exactly what the teams are looking like after this as well. And... 
one of you is going to win that that pair of golf shoes. So we'll decide that. We'll let you know where the teams sit. This is brilliant, though. These are looking very, very even. Right now, Izzy's got one more team than Kempi, and we'll find uh, a few more people to finish us off tomorrow.